Matthew chapter 13, <clears throat> and um, we're, we're still talking about go, go for it, uh, go for it, amen. Um, and I want to want you to look at verse 53, Matthew chapter 13, verse 53, if you'd stand for the reading of God's word. Um, let's look at Jesus for a minute. <clears throat> when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there. He came to his hometown and began teaching there in their synagogue so that they were, so that, that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous power, powers? Verse 55, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and John, Joseph, and Simon and Jesus even had a brother named Judas. Also, his name was Jude, actually. 56, it says, and his sisters, are, and, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor is not without honor except in his own in his hometown and in his own household verse 58 and he and he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief i want to title this message with a question What's holding up your miracle? That's what I want to talk about this morning. What's holding up your miracle? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. What's holding up your miracle? Amen. What's holding up your miracle? Do you sometimes feel like you could do more in life? That you're destined for something greater. But somehow you feel restricted. Somehow you feel limited. Um, do you feel like what you're trying to do now, amen, that it will take a miracle? It will take a miracle to change that situation. It will take a miracle to change that person. It may take a miracle to change your circumstances. I believe in miracles. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you a couple of definitions. I want to give you theologically, I'm going to give you a theological definition for miracles. There are a lot of people that talk about miracles and they have a different definition. But I believe before you can understand a miracle, you have to first define the miracle. Theologically, a miracle, and you can put that on the screen, a miracle is God's activity in which he arouses people's awe and wonder and bears witness to himself. In other words... Amen. His, in this definition, God defines or justifies the definition by awe. In other words, 
or amazement. In other words, God in a miracle does not want you to be so concerned about the miracle as he wants you to be concerned about him. Amen. You got it? God does not want you to be so fixated on what he did. He wants you to be fixated on him who did it. You get where I'm going? Oftentimes we fall in love with the miracle and not the one who, come on, help me somebody, did the miracle. Now, I have a few other definitions for a miracle that does not really line up with this. But here's the thing. There's, a, there's one definition is a miracle is a directed a direct intervention of God in the world. But this definition assumes a deistic view of God's relationship to the world and the world continues on its own and God only intervenes occasionally. That's not a good definition of a miracle. Another definition is God working in the world without using means to bring about the results he wishes. Yet to speak of God working without means leaves us with very few miracles in the Bible. Amen. That's not a good definition. Another definition is a miracle is an expectation to an exception to the natural law that God acts contrary to the laws of nature. But the phrase laws of nature is, is popular. It's a popular understanding, but the implication here is that God acts independently of the law or the law acts independently of God. So God is not somehow involved. So there are a lot of definitions, but the one that I gave you today is that a miracle is what a miracle is 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 an event where God where when God does it if I were to define it that we stand in awe and amazement of the one who what does the miracle oftentimes when we're looking for a miracle we're looking for God to do something when God is trying to get you to look at him God wants us to pay more attention to him and stand in awe. How many of you have ever stood in awe of his presence? How many of you have ever stood in amazement as to what God, listen, he brought you through some things that you never thought, come on, help me, that you never thought that you would get through. Sometimes when I look back over my life and I think about all the things and I look at all these definitions and yeah, they make sense because when Peter walked on water, he defied the natural laws, but it was a miracle. And it wasn't so much that he was walking on water, but it was the God that he was following that caused him to walk on water. When God opened the blind eyes, amen, of the, of all the people, all the miracles he's done, all the healings, we know that it was not so much what he did as it is the one who was doing it. I don't know if you've paused long enough, hallelujah, to look at your situation right now in your life and you can testify that God is working in your life. Do I have anybody? Listen, you woke up this morning. Oh, come on, somebody. That's a miracle. Amen. Listen, you're in your right mind. That's a miracle. Come on, somebody. You got traveling mercies here. That's a miracle. Don't take for granted the miracles that we see in life. Salvation is a miracle. 
when Jesus went to Calvary's cross, when he hung, bled, and died, amen, the resurrection points to a miracle. Come on, somebody. The life of a sinless man is a miracle. And I'm asking you this morning, what's holding up your miracle? You should have been done, did, did with everything. Yeah, all of that already. Amen. God's, listen, God, listen, listen. You should have already seen a miracle in your life. Amen. The thing that you're struggling with right now. The thing that you keep saying, God passed the pray for me. The thing that you keep saying is going to happen, but yet you're afraid to go for it. And even when you go for it, it seems like you're going backwards rather than going forward. I'm talking to somebody that need a miracle. But the question I'm asking you this morning is, what's holding up your miracle? Jesus, in the context of this book, Matthew, Matthew writes to a Jewish audience. And that's the reason why Matthew uh, uses certain pictures, amen, throughout the book to paint the picture of Jesus. Now, in chapter 13, Jesus is teaching now in parables. He starts teaching in parables. And here's another definition for you. If you don't know what a parable is, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so he begins in chapter 13, verses 1 to 23, and he teaches on the parable of the seed and the sower. Amen. The seed, the sower, and the ground. Amen. The crowd is present, and what Jesus was doing, he was teaching about when the word of God falls in your life. Amen. It has to take root or it'll drop by the wayside, or you'll forget the teaching, or you know what I'm saying? Or you'll just be like, that preacher is crazy, I don't know what he's talking about, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he talks about the seed and the sow, and then he goes on from verses 1 to verse 23. Let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus wasn't a hooper, he was a teacher. Because Jesus knew the value in teaching. See, he can hoop you, amen, and scoop you, And gets you all excited about being in church on Sunday morning. But when you walk out of here and you're the same, boo, you really didn't get nothing. Amen. You really need a, you need a word from God, but you need the teaching from the word of God. Amen. And then he moves on from verses 24 to 43 and he begins to talk about the kingdom. I find this to be very interesting. He says that the kingdom of God is like tears among wheat. He talks about the kingdom of heaven being like a mustard seed. He talks about the kingdom of heaven like leaven. Amen. Now, Jesus is talking about the kingdom and he's saying that, first of all, the kingdom is like a, it starts small, but then it grows. You know, leaven, if you take a little bit of yeast and you put it in the flour, what happens? It starts to what? Rise. He said, don't despise small beginnings. Hello, somebody. I'm trying to help somebody. Amen. He said the kingdom of God is starting small, but it has grown and it is still growing. I wish I had somebody. God is still working miracles in the kingdom. He's still saving in 2019. Amen. He goes on, he talks about that, but then he goes on and talks about the value of finding the kingdom. 
He says the kingdom of God, amen, from verses 44 to 52. He talks about the fact that finding the church or finding the kingdom is like a person who found hidden treasure. Can I ask you a question? Is that how you feel about the church? Is that how you feel about salvation? Is that how you feel about when God saved you that you found something that's so valuable that you sell everything you had so that you could obtain life in the kingdom? He said the kingdom of heaven is like hidden treasures. I thank God that when I got saved, it was like hidden treasure. Come on, somebody. It, it was the best thing that, listen, I've tried everything. Come on, somebody. How many of you tried everything? Amen. But you found out that finding Jesus hey, is like finding hidden treasure. Then he says, the kingdom of heaven is like costly pearls. Person got, got this costly pearls and they, they were digging and then they found something valuable. And then they sell everything and then they purchase the field you know then he talks about the kingdom of heaven being like a dragnet like a net that goes out you throw it out and you pull it in you with me so jesus now has spent 54 verses teaching i'm gonna say it one more time what is he doing y'all tell your neighbor there's a blessing in teaching but tell your neighbor there's a blessing in applying. Amen. See, teaching is one thing, but applying is, the, is another. So after he teaches, can I ask you something? How many of you have seen God work a miracle in your life? Oh yeah, we had some today, didn't we? So the question today is, what's holding up your miracle? Why haven't you seen one in a long time? Amen. And are you ready for God to release your miracle? Remember I told you the definition of a miracle. Definition of a miracle is what? A miracle is God's activity in which he what? Arouses people's awe and wonder and bears witness to what? to himself let's go to verse 53 now now this was not the first time that Jesus had come home this is the second time Jesus had come home amen that's what it said right it said that at the top of your bible it said Jesus revisits Nazareth that's where he was born right it says when Jesus had finished what parables verse 53 these parables I told you all that right What did he do? He departed from there. And then verse 54 says, and where did he go? He came to his hometown. And what's interesting to me, right? I want a miracle, right? I'm going to help somebody today. And ain't nothing wrong with me laying hands on the brother to get his sight back. Amen. You with me? Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I believe that the miracle comes another way too. See, we got to be careful that we're not so interested in signs and wonders as we are interested in the word of God. Watch the text. The text says, right, he came home. 
Now, they had seen his power before, but they were a little suspicious about who Jesus was. Can I ask anybody here this morning? Are you a little are you a little suspicious about who Jesus is? And let me say this to you. Sometimes we're standing in the midst of greatness. Come on, somebody. And we don't even know it. Sometimes we're so close to the one who can bring our miracle that we miss it because we're looking somewhere else. I wish I had somebody. Pastor Lacey said it's in the house. And I believe that your miracle is in this house. I believe that God wants to do a miracle in your life today. The question I have for you is, what's holding up your miracle? Watch the text. Text says, he came to his hometown and began teaching them in their synagogue. Amen. Watch this. So they were astonished. Amen. So I believe that the first thing that holds up our miracle, my points are going to be a little long today. Read them, put it up for me. First, first thing is, we believe more in what a man can prophesy to you about. Come on, say amen. Y'all, I don't think y'all, I don't think y'all catching this today. We believe more in God's got a miracle for you. We believe in someone prophesying rather than teaching. And I want to say to somebody here this morning, you got to love the teaching of the word. Because when Jesus came to that place, He didn't come doing miracles like that. He came teaching. And I believe that sometimes we're not believing in the teaching from the word of God, but we're trusting more in what a person will stand up here and tell you next week, God's going to do this for you. Next year, God's going to do that for you. Next week, God's going to do this. But I want to tell you something. If you open the word of God. You will find prophecy in the word of God. Listen, listen to this. Notice he was teaching them in the same place where they were teaching for years and they had never been astonished at anybody else teaching, but they were astonished at Jesus's teaching. Can I tell you something? Those Pharisees were so legalistic. Listen, listen, the people would hang on every word that they said. Jesus said, you're nullifying the word of God with your tradition. They were so traditional that the word had no power in their lives. I'm talking to somebody here. Your miracle is being held up because you don't really believe the teaching. You want to hear what a man says. You want to sow where a man says you're going to come and give me $15.99. And, uh, it's the teaching. And, 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 and watch this. They were astonished at him because watch this. In other words, some people would rather go to a prophet who can tell them so and so and such and such. And they believe them more than the word of God. 
If I'm training this church for anything, it's to train you to be in this word. Listen, listen, you may not like me some Sundays. That's okay. It's all right. Amen. But it ain't me that you don't like. It's the word that's, that's dealing with your heart. See, because man should not live by, but by every, and it makes sense that the word of God was teaching the word of God in the place where the word of God was supposed to have power. When your church ain't got no power and they got to use all kinds of gimmicks and all kinds of, come on, y'all at least say amen. Come on, y'all. Come on, help me out now. Help me out now. Amen. I don't always got to put all on your head for you to get your deliverance. I can teach you a word and through the word of God, you can be changed. You with me? The word is living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. The word and the teaching of God's word is what changes us. It's the word. Nothing else. Revelation from man is good, but not good enough. Listen, can you imagine they were in the synagogue? They had been in the synagogue and the guys who were running the synagogue were like, oh my gosh, where did he come up with that? Let's read on. Let's read on. Let's read on. Watch watch this. Watch this. And and let me say this. By teaching, what I I mean by teaching, I mean the the exposition of God's word. Breaking it down word for word. Verb for verb, noun for noun. Come on, somebody, line by line, precept by precept. Some of you, when you came, you were charismatic. Now you in the word. Lord, have mercy. Some of you were relying more on what a man was saying before. Now you rely on the word. So the teaching does work. Come on, somebody. This preaching ain't popular, but guess what? I'm going to amen myself. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. The context of teaching is the key because that's what he did for 54 verses. All he did was what? Taught. Watch this, watch this, watch this. What, you ready? Look what he says. He says, he says in verse 53, he says, uh, I'm sorry, 54, 54. He said, he said, look, look, I done got excited. I forgot where I went. He came to his hometown and began teaching them in their synagogue. Right, right, watch this. So they were what? Astonished. And look what they said. Where did this man get? Do you know where your miracle is? When you can make the right decision in your mess. James chapter 1 says what? If any man lacks wisdom, let him what? In the context of trials, you don't need a miracle. You need God to give you the wisdom. And that's the miracle from the word of God so that you can mess your way out. Come on and say amen. Amen. When I know how to navigate, when I know how to walk through it with wisdom, that's the miracle. Because I got it from the what? From the teaching. 
Come on, somebody. Watch this. Huh? Watch this here. Watch this here. Watch this here. He said, where did this man get this power? So the second thing is this. Not believing the teaching from the word, but trusting more in man's revelation. But the second thing is this. Not believing Oh, I wish I had. Uh, that's why I'm looking at you like that. <laughs> you want a miracle. What's holding up your miracle? You don't even think it's. That's because you're asking where and why and how and how come. And it's got to make sense. It doesn't got to make no sense. That's where faith comes in. Come on, somebody. They could not believe that this man, Jesus, had this much power. Where did he get? Stop trying. You know, you are always trying to trinkle, thinkle thing and try to take things apart. Just trust him. Why? If I give this, I wonder how. If I do this, I wonder how. No, 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 no. They wanted to know how. You will never see a miracle if you keep asking how and why. You're questioning God. Can't see a miracle because you don't even believe it's possible. Man, no, no, I can't be healed. No, I can't be delivered. No, no, I can't. No, 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 no. That, that, that's not, that can't happen to us. No, we can't pay this off early. Come on, somebody. We can't go back to school. We can't do this. We can't go for it. We can't become a billionaire. We can't own a company. We can't. Come on, somebody. And we don't even think it's possible. Pastor, you don't know how hard it is. It is possible. Your delay is not a what? Denial. But you're holding your miracle up by not believing it's possible. Tell your neighbor it's possible. Now you need to shout at your neighbor and say it's possible. Come on, it's possible. Because I can do all things through. Come on somebody. Who what? Who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Tell your neighbor it's possible. Look what he says in verse 55. Verse 55 says, uh, see, this is where the problem came in. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brother James and uh, and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Hold on a minute. Talk. Tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor. Look at your neighbor in the eye. Tell your neighbor this. The danger of familiarity. Now, I know I'm your pastor. Y'all know my personality, okay? I like to have a good time. I like to play around sometimes. But I had to create a little line. I love y'all. But if you get too familiar, you're going to miss your miracle. Oh, this is Jesus. That's the carpenter's boy. 
shoot, they live around the block. I can't believe it. I, now you in our synagogue teaching us. Hold on a minute. Now, now can I tell you something? The Nazarene, the Nazareth's problem was the danger of familiarity. Watch this. For the cities, he was a resident of that city. They couldn't see that this young man, come on somebody, who had grown up among them, surely he wasn't the Messiah that we were looking for. He wasn't the one that John the Baptist was talking about, was it? Oh, not Pookie. Not that little peanut head boy that was running around here. This is why I don't overlook kids. Oh, you don't know who God's going to raise up in this church to be great. I wish I had somebody. But I know it's the danger of familiarity that causes a lot of people to hold up their miracle. So the third thing is this. Not believing truly. You like Jesus. But you don't truly believe him. You know why? If you're truly my disciple, you will keep my words. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Mike, Mike, check, is it on? If, if you're truly my disciple, you will... F- you like the idea of Jesus. You, you see Jesus is just, oh, uh, right along with Muhammad and Krishna and Buddha and Confucius and gay pride. I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to go there. <laughs> but you put Jesus on the same level. You can't put Jesus on the same level. He's higher than anything you can imagine. He's higher than high. He's greater than great. He's magnificent. He's wonderful. He's king of kings. He's El Elyon. He's greater than anything you've ever imagined. Your mind don't even have the capacity to even think about him, but he allows you to think about him. I'm talking about Jesus. And I'm asking you a question. Do you truly believe that he is the son of God? Come on, somebody. Because if you believe that he's the son of God, you would see it's wrong to live in sin. Amen. You'll see it's wrong for a man to be with a man. A woman to be with a woman. I'm cleaning it up. Amen. You'll see it's wrong to overeat. Gluttony is same. Same thing, same thing. Going to them buffets, I know, I know, I already know. <laughs> I got to break that up right there. Because <laughs> if you truly believed him, you wouldn't be astonished at what he's teaching. You wouldn't be like, man, what pastor talking about? No, you're going to love him because you truly believe in him. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch this. They're like, this is, this is, this is little man. Little man. He used to... Here's a revelation for you. You ready for this? Notice the list. Put the scripture back up there. Wow. Watch this. 
Let me show you something. Let me show you a revelation real quick. From the word, I mean. <laughs> Which one? Am I? Okay, watch this. Is not this the carpenter's son, right? Is not his mother called who? His brothers who? Here's a revelation. When they said that, they didn't even believe in him. I'm going to say it one more time. When they said that, they didn't even believe in him. So Jesus is dealing with not just these people not believing in him, but his own family. Tell my kids, watch out now, I'm still pastor. Tell my wife all the time, watch out now, I'm still pastor now. Don't, don't play with me now. No. <laughs> you know, it's a shame when your own house. When, listen, when your family thought you wouldn't be nothing. Come on, somebody. When they didn't think that you would rise above where you are. That's what got me to thinking. Where God scooped me up from. Come on, somebody. In a little room, in a little room somewhere in a third world country, he found me in that little room. Come on, somebody. And brought me to America. You wish, I wish I had somebody. And changed my life. I believe in Jesus. Uh, I believe. Some of you grew up with a silver spoon. But you don't believe no more. Come on somebody. But I remember where he scooped me up from. Oh I believe. Oh I believe y'all. Oh I believe. The question is do you believe? Now, if you're just treating Jesus like your homeboy, yeah, 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 yeah. just like anybody else, yeah. uh, you won't see your miracle because Jesus is the key to your miracle. Lord, have mercy. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I got to go on. Can I say this? Commonality can cause you to forget that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. You may think he's just another man. Watch the text. Verse, where we at? Lord have mercy. Uh, his brothers, verse 56. 56, let's go there. Look what he said. And, 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 and not only his brothers, but look what, look what he said. What he said. And it's what? So Jesus had sisters too, and they didn't believe. Can you imagine living in the same house with Jesus? <laughs> they wore the same clothes. You know what I'm saying? The carpenter's boy. You know what I mean? Carpenters didn't make a lot of money back then, so they had to share clothes, shoot marbles together, and then they don't. And then and then he gonna pop up and say, "I'm the Messiah." Now you gonna look at it, boy? You on drugs is what you are. See why it's so hard to believe? See why it's so hard to believe? See why it takes faith? Because the person that you think God is not going to use to help you or to change your life is probably right in front of you. But you keep overlooking them as somebody else or taking them for granted. But God can use that person to change your life. Come on, somebody. Amen. Watch this. Watch this. 56, 56, 56. He says, and his sisters, and they all, I'm sorry. It says, he says, and, and, and verse 56, and his sisters, and they are they not all with us? Uh-huh. On the same side with us. They don't believe like us. Look what he says. Where then, watch this. You ready for this? 
this is a good point right here. Where then, where then did this man, see, they think he's a man. You catch it? You see it? Watch this. Get all the, where did he conjure up all these things? You ready for this? I'm finna help somebody. I'm finna, I'm finna help you. Give me the next point. Not believing by faith, but trying to figure things out with logic. Oh, you're just so logical. It got to, how many, how many math people we got in here? How many science people we got in here? How many biology people we got in here? Amen. It's got to line up. Can I tell you something? Logic is a way of thinking that involves the ability to reason. But there's no logic in the Bible. It is the word of God. If you try to introduce logical thinking, it makes no sense. Creation doesn't make sense. The flood wouldn't make no sense. Peter walking on water won't make no sense. Miracles won't make no sense. So stop trying to figure it out and believe it by faith. I don't know where we're going to get this money. Believe. Stop trying to be logical. Amen. Oh, it's just got to add up. Everything got to add up, uh, Alonzo. Everything, everything. Got, see, first of all, they became real common with Jesus. And, and they saw him as a little kid that used to run around. But they, watch this, logically speaking, they're like, I can't believe this man is talking to me. I just can't believe this. So it held up. You with me? 57, 57. Now I'm back on track. And they took, uh oh. Hold on a minute. So, so they went from being astonished. This is what usually happens when you bump into Jesus, though. See, I understand sometimes people are like, man. I think he was talking to somebody. Why he got to talk about me like that? You know what I mean? Why pastor like that? Why? You know, I, that's true. he ain't speaking positive. You know what I mean? He's too positive. You know, I need some positive affirmation in my life. You know what I mean? Live your best life now. You know, it's a great day to have fun and be, be positive. Ain't nothing wrong with being positive. But if the word ain't lending to that this morning and God's trying to get you to change something, then boo, you got to deal with that sin in your life. Yeah, we still talk about sin up in here. I mean, seriously, I mean, yeah, we, we, we kind of mess up every, every day, y'all. But we're not going to live in that. We're going to get out of that through Jesus. But here's where the problem comes. Here's why you hold up. Here's why you got to hold up. Here's why you got a traffic jam in your miracle. Do you not know that God's ready to release it? <laughs> he, listen, he's this close to, oh Lord, I just felt the pressure. Listen, he's this close to releasing it. Give me the next point. Logic. You're so logical. I should, I should have stayed there. But watch this. Not believing because you're offended by the what? 
how in the world you going to take offense when you were just astonished? You know what? You know how I know when you guys get offended? Because you get quiet. And then your face starts looking like this. I know he didn't. I know you lying. He didn't just say that to me. No, he wasn't talking to me. Mm-mm, no, I don't live like that. Shoot, I don't, who you think he is? You got a problem with the teacher and you got a problem with the word. You got double problems. <laughs> Come on, say amen. You got a problem with the man of God teaching the word of God. Then boo, you got big problems. Because your, watch this, because your miracle is attached. Oh, Lord. Let me, let me, let me break that in right quick. Let me show it to you right quick. You ready? You ready for this? Your miracle is tied into who? God works through the man of God to bring you revelation from the word of God so that you can walk out of here freer than when you came. So that you will have the wisdom to make right decisions so that now you can walk through that valley. You can lift your hands and worship and praise him because the word of God has dealt with your heart. But you got a problem with the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. Come on, somebody. The messenger is just bringing the message. But not believing because you're offended. Look at the text. Text says they were what? Did it not say they were offended? They said, and they took offense. Ain't that something? And look what Jesus said though. He quoted a very familiar proverb. A prophet (laughs) is not without honor except in his what? I'm trying to think about how many things Jesus is trying to do for us in our own hometown. But we won't believe. God's trying to change your household. He's really been trying to change your life. But in your own household, you'd rather listen to Joel Osteen over me. I ain't got no likes on my on my uh podcast from you, but you got all kinds of donations you sending his way. You ain't even bought a CD from me yet. And I give it to you for free. I pray for you every day. But T.D. Jake's getting your money. Woman, thou art loose. Oh, yeah. Steve Furtick getting all your... I call him out. Charles Stanley getting all your money. But the one who's laboring with you. The one who's in the trenches with you. The one who's there when you're sick. The one who's there is praying for you. 
you took offense to the teacher. You won't even listen to his word. The podcast is free. Or maybe when you listen to it, it offends you. That's why you don't listen to it again. I had a guy told me, he said, Pastor, I listened to all 264 episodes of your podcast. And it has changed my life. I think we're up to 300 now. I said, what? I said, what do you do all day? He said, I'd be working every day, but I'd be listening to your voice. I hear your voice in my head every day. All 264 episodes. I'm like, dang. And then he said, no, I want to cash out you some money. Because my life has changed. You want to know why some of us are not seeing our miracle? Because we ain't listened to the teaching after. All right? I ain't going to labor that long. I got one more point. I'm going to listen down. Don't take offense with me. Now, come on now. Look at this. Your miracle will happen when you receive the word with joy. With joy. Look what he says next. Verse 58. And that's it. I'm done. 58. 58. And he did not do. So it suggests that he did some miracles. Untie Jesus' hand, will you? Your logic has you locked up. He could not, hold on. Put the scripture up on the screen for a second. I got to see it one more time. Oh, I'm sorry. He, he what? He did not do many miracles there. So you're telling me the reason I haven't the reason I haven't seen my miracle because I'm skeptical. I think the man of God taking my money. I think what I think, I, but but the bottom line is I struggle believing. What's wrong with Islam? What's wrong with Islam? There's no Jesus. That's what's wrong with Islam. What's wrong with positive thinking? There ain't no Jesus in that either. So you're telling me all this time my miracle been held up and I've been holding up my family. And I've been holding up my deliverance. Some of you should have been delivered. Because you just won't believe. What's the last point? Well, I like this one. Not believing, but trusting more in and turning to. Unbelief becomes a lifestyle for you. The first thing you run to is now. Mm -mm. it's not possible (laughs) 
I seen a miracle this week because I stopped. No, I stopped being unbelieving. I said, God, we need this money for these kids. And I'm like, man, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And I keep asking questions like you ask. Okay, kids dropping off. People saying bad things about the camp. You know how kids talk when they don't really want to come to camp. They're like, oh, yeah, they bullied me last year. You know, lying and all kinds of stuff. I'm serious. All kinds of stuff keep coming, right? And I'm saying, God, I got to believe you. That you know our hearts. And what we want to do for these kids, God. I know you know that. So I'm going to believe. And it took a guy, one of my students, one of my students that graduated like three years ago, two years ago. He comes, he said, Pastor, I've got, we've got an appointment with the chief of police. i got this program. I want to help you. I, I see what you're doing. And I'm saying to myself, how many more people we got down there in our church who can see what we're doing? Now, you see, I know you're going to come with an encouraging word to me, but listen, words are cheap if you don't show it in action. Let me encourage you, Pastor. You're doing a good work. I know I'm doing a good work. I already know that. Join me in the work. See, you're taking offense now. Amen. Don't take offense if you ain't doing nothing. We got some people giving up a whole week of their lives. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Reverend James got stuff to do. (laughs) Sister Hunt got stuff to do. Sister Roe got stuff to do. We all got stuff to do. Sister Sarah and everybody else. But it's the same five. Reverend, come on, say amen. They're getting offended. It's all right. Give me an amen over there. All right. It's the same five or six that believe. I'm going to leave that right there. When are you going to start believing in your church? When are you going to start believing in your pastor? But most of all, when are you going to start believing the word and Jesus? Because it all lines up, y'all. There comes a time you've been saved too long to keep questioning. And questioning why. And if I do this, uh, this is going to happen. The devil got you duped. I preached this morning. That's why I said be at 905. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Yes, you will suffer. But he will give you strength. And he says he will deliver you from all of it. If you would ask me what the real, what's the real thing that's holding up our miracle? Unbelief. Listen to this. The sun, the moon, the stars, and the planets 
they all set, I'm sorry, rise in the east and sets on the west. And that's because the earth spins towards the east. The earth rotates and spins towards the east and that's why these things happen. But that's not the important question. The important question is who sustains it? Does the sun, the moon, the stars, and the planet need a rest? Does it need a tune-up? How long have they been there? And yet, watch this. If you stand outside this evening to the west, (laughs) come on. It will faithfully do what it was created to do. And if you need a miracle, if you need any more evidence, then just look at it. See, many of us want a miracle, but we won't believe. You got to remember this. God's purpose for the miracle is so that you would stand in awe of him. So today, this evening, when you stand to the West and you look, I want you to stand in awe of him. Stand in awe of what he's doing so that you can experience a miracle in your own life. If you need any more evidence, that's it. That the sun will set today and you get an opportunity with your own eyes. Oh, hallelujah. This morning I got up. I got up at 5, I went out at 6.30 and I ran this morning. And as I was running, I saw the sun coming up. And I stood in awe. I said, God, I thank you for your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. But I thank you.